Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Celebrating Mother's Day and mothers around the world for eight years now with one of the grandest mothers of them all. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. Hey, we've survived Mother's Day. Yeah, 2021. All right, on this week's show, in Pipe Parts, I'm going to get a little serious and talk about what's going on uh, uh, federal legislation-wise regarding tobacco. So it may not all be fun, but we've got to talk about it. Uh, my guest is uh, Rob Buchek, another novice pipe smoker, and the reason is because I kind of suck, and um, anyway, I'll explain it in a moment, but uh, I was not able to get a uh, get a, a regular interview, so we get two novices back-to-back, and I'm now scheduling some uh, traditional guests, and uh, we'll get them spread out, I promise, I promise, I promise. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And as I sit here and talk to you, I am now uh, officially uh, 18 days post my second dose of vaccine and feeling fine. Uh, The only thing I've noticed is that if I stick my finger in a cup of coffee for three seconds, it does bring the coffee up to boiling. So that's kind of convenient. Uh, And also in the past uh, 12 days, we've survived uh, traveling to California for a family wedding, which I've talked about. Uh, Coming back home, daughter graduating with her master's degree on uh, Friday, and then uh, Mother's Day, and having family in town and visiting, so I am uh, definitely looking forward to, uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, quiet and routine time, and uh, time with my pipe, because when uh, family time, yeah, when when the routine gets broken, so does the pipe time, and uh, I've kind of missed my pipes, so happy to get back to the routine. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corn cob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, I have always said that tobacco is never going to be cheaper than it is now. It's never going to be more readily available than it is now. So buy what you can afford to stock up on, supply, you know, hoard, collect, seller, whatever you want to call it. And here's a perfect reason why. And this goes back about um, 12, 15 years ago when roll your own cigarette tobacco was dramatically cheaper than uh, than factory made cigarettes. So there was a overnight tax increase that made roll your own or make your own cigarette tobacco uh, tax parative equal to a carton of cigarettes. So it went up like $28, $29 a pound overnight. And that kind of hurt and really hurt the roll your own tobacco business. However, the problem is when this happened, oh, 12, 15 years ago, whatever it was, uh, there was no true definition of what roll your own cigarette tobacco is. The federal definition of it is described as what the manufacturer intends for the consumer to do with it. So you will see and you will hear Rob talk about some of this uh, gas station stuff or, you know, tobacco outlet pipe tobacco, quote unquote, fake pipe tobacco. Uh, You'll hear him talk about it in our in our discussion. Uh, But what happened was the uh, roll your own or make your own cigarette tobacco companies started changing the name of it and called it pipe cut 
or American full-flavored pipe tobacco. And it came in the same 12-ounce bag that it used to. It just changed the label of it. So that's why when we walk in as pipe smokers, when we walk into a discount tobacco store, you'll see what they call pipe tobacco, you know, a 12-ounce bag for $8, $10, $15, whatever the local tax is. And that was a tax dodge to get around it. Now, there was discussions on how do we manipulate the, you know, how to, what makes roll your own tobacco different. Is the cut smaller than pipe tobacco? Yes. Is the moisture level lower than pipe tobacco on average? Yes. So there were some discussions of what the federal government could deem as a difference between pipe tobacco, because obviously if you took a, uh, you know, a traditional black Cavendish and tried to roll it, it's not going to work. It just won't, you know, it just won't roll. It's just too wet, too clumpy, too thick. So some of these uh, fake pipe tobaccos showed up and that number showed up to the tune of at one point, like 30 million pounds a year of it being sold as fake pipe tobacco. Uh, states and the federal government did not get the tax increase that they were expecting and it just became a tax dodge. Well, now the proposal is in Congress right now, I believe somewhere in the budget something, to balance all tobacco at the same price. That means that our pipe tobacco could go up 20 to 25 to $30 per pound on the federal tax level. Now, when we talk federal tax level, that means the tax that the manufacturer or the importer has to pay per pound on the tobacco. Then there's profit margin that has to be made on the tobacco, and then there's federal, there's state tobacco taxes, and there's margin that has to be made on that at retail, and then there's the final sales tax. The reason I mention this is because if you do a $25 per pound increase, well, you can pretty much look at $50 per pound at the register. That's just a rough number. That's the increase that is possible should this go through. I do not have any uh, insight into whether or not it's going to go through or not, but it would end the loophole of this fake pipe tobacco because then that stuff could be promoted as cigarette tobacco which it really is in the first place. Uh, the reason I mention this, of course, again, is just as a warning to everybody to say that if you can afford to stock up on tobacco, now's a good time to do it because before, if that federal increase does go through, it'll take effect you know, a couple months after the, uh, after the bill goes through or when the new, whatever the new uh, tax calendar is for it. And you'll see a jump in price that we haven't seen in the pipe and tobacco world in a long time. So word of warning, watch for this. It's in the budget, I believe, that was proposed. Uh, it could run up, just as an example, uh, it could run up a 50 gram tin of tobacco as far as another 5 to $7 per tin, just on the... Uh, you know, just on the taxes alone. Uh, the reason I'm okay mentioning this is because it's gotten some, uh, it's getting some ground and, and kind of moving through. And again, I don't have any insight into what's going on with it, but I will keep an eye on it. And if it's looking like it's for sure, I will warn you. But again, this goes all the way back to the beginning where the uh, cigarette companies were mad at all this roll your own and make your own cigarette tobacco that was taking their business away. So they wanted a balancing of tobacco taxes to make it even, you know, taxation even on cigarettes and make your own. And again, once again, pipe tobacco is getting caught up in the foray. Uh, also, I'm watching uh, quietly some... Uh, bans on potential flavor on flavorings in pipe tobacco and this is all stuff that we've seen coming down the road so if you like flavored pipe tobacco i'll keep an eye out but start stocking up and remember last week when we had declan on he was talking about <laughs> one singapore dollar per gram and that's a gram per that's a per gram tax not 
a type of tobacco tax. So there you go. All right, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, uh, novice pipe smoker Rob Buchek. This is Internet Radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show for another visit with a, with, with a novice pipe smoker, because I think that's nicer than calling them amateurs, um, of which, I don't know, I guess I'm amateurish at a lot of stuff. Uh, but joining us is Rob Buchek. Rob, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's get to know you. Where'd you grow up? When did you grow up? Have you grown up? And uh, how'd you get into pipe smoking? Well, I absolutely refuse to grow up. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that there is definitely some uh, some arrested development somewhere. But I'm, uh, I grew up in central Connecticut uh, and uh, moved down to Georgia at uh, the turn of the millennium, if you will. And uh, I was first exposed to pipes at a, uh, at a young age, back when everybody smoked indoors. Um, <laughs> a friend of my mother's, her husband used to smoke his pipe in the basement. And I remember as a kid, we'd go over her her, uh, her friend's house, and uh, I'd walk in the basement, and it's just this indelible aroma that just I associated uh, with going over there. Yeah. And so we're sitting there playing in, you know, ping pong or with, you know, transformers or whatever. And uh, he's uh, he's just watching TV, watching a movie, doing crossword puzzles, and I didn't think anything of it, but I always liked the aroma. So fast forward um, to about like 2003, 2004, I'm, I'm in my 20s at that point, and I had an ex-girlfriend at the time whose father turned me on to cigars. And I never had cigars before that, and he you know, gave me a couple of cheap ones at the beginning because he's not going to give me the, <laughs> the good stuff. And I worked my way into actually enjoying that, and it was, it was a real pleasant hobby because you know, while you're doing that, you're just outdoors, you're having a drink, you're either by yourself with your thoughts, listening to music or socializing with somebody, but you're kind of engaged to it. And I, and I slowly develop an appreciation for the fact of, you know, it, like the ritual, if you will, you, you lay out all your, your necessary tools and, and your selection and get your, you know, libation for, for the session uh, prepped up. And you just commit to about an hour to yourself and uh you know for anybody that's unaware or maybe lives in the atlanta area uh you know we're, we're, we're surrounded by traffic and it's a very hurry up and go environment so the occasional break that i got just to get away from the chaos of every day with a cigar and a drink and it just a lot of times it was just a sunday night it just kind of mellows you out and just lets you really just unplug and slow down and uh, so I've been smoking pipes very occasionally, or excuse me, uh, cigars very occasionally until about a few years ago, about three, four years ago. My wife overheard me talking, or we had a, a slight conversation saying that, hey, you know, what, what smoking a pipe is like. So for Christmas, she gave me just a, a small starter set. It was a pipe with a little holder, check tool, and filters and these little screens. It's like made, made in China kid, right? I know nothing about pipes. I don't know how much they cost, anything, but I was floored that she even thought about it. So the pipe sat uh, for about two, three weeks before I actually had the chance to go to a uh, tobacco shop and the employee there kind of walked me through, you know, the, the gauntlet of questions of what do you like and this and that. And he got me going down the path of aromatics which I still am on mm -hmm. for, for the record, <laughs> but it was a, a Cornell deal, uh, the autumn evening, I think it was. Okay. And when I smelled it, it just, it awakened that memory uh, of being a kid. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a great smell. So he taught me how to pack it. He taught me how to light it, use a, use the check tool, all that stuff. 
And so here, here I am in, in a cigar shop and it's just, I'm, I'm puffing away at a pipe. And it was so different than a cigar experience. And, a, and, and what I mean by that is anybody that smoked a cigar knows that the cigar is really, it's a really robust flavor. It, it's, a, it's a heavier plume of smoke. And the next day, you just really have this mouth that <laughs> it feels like somebody dumped an ashtray into and let you fall asleep and you wake up, right? But whereas when I'm smoking with a pipe, um, especially a filtered pipe, I, I prefer those. I don't have that. And just the, I guess the, the room note, if you will, is just more pleasant. And the company that I'm around, nobody minded the cigar smoke, but they really like the tobacco smoke in a pipe. Especially, you know, when you deal with the, you know, the rum maples or the black vanilla or, or mm -hmm. the autumn evening. I mean, it just, it, it, it's lended itself to being a topic of conversation with people and, you know, being on mid forties with a mostly gray beer. I, I, I play the old man part pretty well with, uh, <laughs> you know, smoking on a pipe. So what was your, let, let's get into your questions and, and obviously you survived yeah, starting smoking a pipe, what was kind of your, did you have an aha moment of how you figured this out or, you know, when you, when you finally got that magical, all right, it works for me? Well, the, uh, the, the store employee that, that, that got me my first in at tobacco, he did a great job teaching me. So it, it was really kind of off a jump. I, I enjoyed it. And I, you know, the wife doesn't let me smoke indoors, so I got to go outdoors. And in, in, in the winter, I kind of have to wait here and there uh, in order to for the break in the in the weather, or just hang out in the garage. Uh, so I got through that first tin, and then I went to a the tinder box that's no longer open here in Alpharetta, and I got just a real honey of a deal. Somebody called in a blend that they never picked up, and I was there for about fifteen minutes, just smelling different uh, bulk tobaccos. And I was like, ah, you know, th this and that, th this is close. I wish it was a little sweeter. I wish it was a little more whatever it was at the time. And he said, hold on. He brought over this almost like a Cheech and Chong bag of tobacco. <laughs> like, Look at this. And I put my nose in it and just my eyes lit up. I said, absolutely. And it was, Brian, it had to have been like a gallon bag of, yeah. of tobacco. And the guy sold me for like $25. And I, I, it took me about uh, three years to, <laughs> to chip away at that where I, I, I'm starting to get my, um, get my reserves back. And I, I just went to a, a local brick and mortar and uh, I picked up a couple ounces of different things. Some of the stuff I didn't like the smell, but you know, it's, it's through your podcast that I, I want to get out and branch out a little bit more. So I got some Star of the East, which th didn't appeal to my, my uh, nose palate. But I'm like, you know what? I know that everything, it, it smells one way and it smokes another way, so I'll give it a go. And I got some Grey Ghost and I got just a couple other aromatics. And I'm just trying to really find what I like at this point, other than the two that I know that I'm a fan of. Was there a tobacco that was recommended to you that you didn't like? No, because nobody recommended anything. I don't have any pipe smokers. Yeah. And it, it, it's crazy because the, the online pipe community, it's... I don't know if I'm just missing something or just people know more than I know or not. Um, but it's hard to get really any information because a lot of descriptions are, are kind of very ambiguous in my mind. So I'm just it, one, one tin I was going to pick up because I liked the logo on the tin. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh -huh. you described it as uh, Royal Yucked. So uh, <laughs> I may hold off on that one. <laughs> it's, it, it's an acquired taste, but some people absolutely love it. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I may pick some up. I don't know, but I, I'm just going to, I, all I have is Ziploc bags, like little snack bags mm -hmm. full of my tobacco. And I need to get little jars. This way I can preserve them. And then uh, of that first ginormous bag, I've got one more little um, uh, vacuum sealed bag that I used. I'm kind of waiting for that. That does just sit until I want to crack it open. So you're, you're still kind of in your little pocket of what you like and working through that. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely not a destination I, I, I've come to realize because there's so much out there. I mean, I, I sign up on a, some of the, the online retailers. I get their emails and this blend and, you know, all, first off, just the number of bulks out there is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, you get tins and it's just, okay, um, 
I don't know what any of this stuff is. And, uh, you know, listening to your show, I just, it, I have yet to get into the, the real, like the English blends or the Virginias, because mm-hmm. I don't even know what any of that stuff is. And the, the closest thing to just a, an unflavored pipe tobacco is I was in a, in a gas station just fueling up and I saw this big bag of smoker's pride or whatever it was it was like blue blend and red blend and i don't know if that's any good or not but you know it was with my son so i'm not gonna start you know slinging stuff tobacco in front of him or anything but <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it's just i i like it because i think there's just a lot of little nuances and you find out what you like what, mm-hmm. what hits you at a certain time of day or what you're drinking with and maybe finding a a, a drink to pair it with that really enhances the experience and kind of lets you just sit with your thoughts and be contemplative and let, let the world pass you by for a minute as opposed to being stuck in the rat race. Yeah. And with you smoking as uh, you know, as a special event in your week and not a daily or hourly thing, like some of us, uh, you know, you've, you've got the, uh, you've got the very important choice of making sure that exactly what you want to smoke is exactly what you like too. Yeah. And you know, I, I didn't even know that aged, tobacco was a thing until i hear your questions of the seven you know questions for seven how 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 old is the oldest tobacco and here i am (laughs) thinking yeah about three four months you know maybe a year is a good because who who would let it lay around but i didn't realize that guys let tobacco age for a quarter century then bring it out at the chicago pipe show which i again didn't know that was a thing until your show yeah that's a perfect place for us to take a break when we come back we'll have more with rob in just a minute My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection, or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345, and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with uh, novice pipe smoker Rob Buchek and, uh, and proud aromatic smoker. So I like that. You stay, you, you stay happy with the aromatics. Don't worry if people start pushing you into different directions. But are you ready for your next question? Let's do it. Uh, how has your preference in pipes changed over time since you started? Bent straight? I know that you said you like filtered pipes and, and you've stuck with those. Yeah. Well, actually what I'm smoking right now is a, a Wessex pipe that I picked up in uh, uh, Huntsville mm-hmm. uh, when I was there at space camp with my son. I, I, I dipped out and I, I stopped into my first actual pipe shop and uh, the gentleman at the counter kind of just walked me through a couple of different things. I spent some time talking to him, but um, I inherited a couple pipes from my father-in-law and one of them is, is a straight meerschaum that I enjoy smoking it, but the ergonomics of a bent real pipe just really just appeals to me because I can clench it. I can hold the book. I can type away and do my, my daily reports for work or anything along those lines. And I just, I enjoy a, I, I think I've narrowed it down. I, I just like a saddle bit. Bent. Mm-hmm. So you, you found what you found, what works for you and, but you've got other options as well if you want to if you want to play the straight pipe guy for an hour. Yeah, I, I can do that, and and to be honest with you, that 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 straight pipe meerschaum, I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, when you started out, did you have a holy grail pipe, and uh, what was it? And do you have one now that you see that just makes you go, "Ooh, I want to get that someday." You know, starting out, you don't know what's out there. I just thought, well, here it is, and it's either bent or straight, and kablamo. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I started going down the rabbit hole of eBay on estate pipes. Hmm. And, wow, there's a lot of cool ones out there. Um, For manufacturers, I'm too, I guess, um, 
ignorant uh, of any differences of them. I don't know what the difference between like a, a Dunhill or a Peterson or a Savinelli difference may be as opposed to what I've got. Right. But I, I'm keeping my eyes peeled for something that's got like probably uh, a three quarter, one inch chamber bent. Uh, I, I enjoy the metal bands around on the stumbles, mm-hmm. uh, like a, a bent saddle bit. And I prefer something that doesn't have a, a black stem. I, 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 I think the aesthetics and, and ergonomics of it are just really come into play. And, uh, I'm keeping my eyes peeled for a bargain. Cause my, if I told my wife, I spent $100 on a pipe, she, she'd beat me with that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, and then she'd wake up the next day and do it again. Yeah. She's like, what's the matter with you? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, being budget conscious, mm-hmm. but you know, it, just like anything else, I think in life that you enjoy, if it speaks to you, it speaks to you. And that's the, you don't have to justify it. Yeah. And uh, I'm just keeping my eyes peeled. And maybe if I'll end up at a tag sale or an antique shop one day, I may pick something up and just to, just to have a story about it. So, but if I was to pick one, yeah, it'd be a, a bent saddle bit, uh, obscure color, maybe banded. And, and as opposed to the, the finish, I actually have seen some uh, partially rusticated as opposed to polished finishes like that, that two, I guess, d- double finish really would appeal to me. Yeah. So, but yeah. And that's the, that is the real fun part about doing these interviews and about doing this show is nothing you said is absolutely wrong because it's what you like and you know, and that's it. And you like a filtered pipe with a saddle bit. Yeah. No wrong answers there. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm proud, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm proud to be who I am, and I'm comfortable in my own skin. It, it's your relaxation time, not mine. So relax with yeah. what you like. Um, what are a few of your favorite guests from past episodes, and why? And this is probably not too fair to you because you're relatively new to the podcast too. Oh no, no, it, it, it's it's no problem because there is one guest that really um stands out above everything else because it's. I don't know their names, unfortunately. Um, I don't know if the the guests you've had are kind of local celebrities, celebrities of the pipe community or not. But um, the episode with Tom Eltang yeah. was something I really enjoyed because he just had a different perspective being on a, a con- different continent in a way. And the way he explained uh, how he had a couple guys and just running his shop and how he factors his pricing in for the bats and all that stuff. And just honestly, his, his voice was very warm and his accent was just very comforting you know i i come from uh, a polish family so having a european accent to me just <laughs> I, I, I like it it just seems homey to me i guess if you will and you know even though it's my family being polish and him you know not <laughs> it, it's comforting he just felt like like somebody that i could ask questions about and he would be able to explain to them explain to me you know, in a manner that I would understand. And if you ever get to meet, if you ever get a chance to meet Tom, if you ask him a question, he will tell you his um, sometimes very blunt opinion of it that is very well founded in his almost 50 years of being a pipe maker. So, I mean, you could tell the guy just knew what he was talking about. And I listened to a few episodes beforehand and it was his episode that kind of really set the hook with listening to yours because I was just listening to these guys that were either part-time or full-time pipe makers. And it was just, I don't get it. And, and it's not anything through either ones anybody's doing. It's just, it seemed like it was almost like a half a step too far for me to really have any relatability, but his episode just for some reason resonated with me. And now here I am subscriber yeah. and everything. Now a guest. <laughs> uh, that, and that that's kind of fun for me to hear because most of the part-time or newer pipe makers, their pipes are in a price range that is actually below that of Tom Eltang, who will make pipes that retail in the couple of thousand dollar range occasionally, but has a whole bunch in the, you know, in the mid, in the mid $500 range. Um, so the guy that you connected with is on the higher end of the dollar yeah. spectrum than the guys that were below that. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I since went online, I saw his pipes and everything, and I saw the price tag, and I thought, okay, well, I know what I'm not buying, but I'd love <laughs> to have a conversation with the guy, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
it, it just there, there's something about about his episode that was more memorable than other guys. Yeah, yeah, you, he just connected with you. Um, yeah. What is your favorite? What are your favorite things to do while smoking a pipe? Sitting in front of my fire pit, just watching a fire. I got the music playing. Um, you've turned me on for your Harry Connick Jr. Uh, segue. So I, I was listening to um, his albums actually uh, Friday night. But I enjoy just being in front of a flame and just having nothing. Yeah. And some music, really. I, I'm always afraid Harry Connick Jr. is going to find out about my bromance with him and then, and then he's going to put a restraining order against me. Nah, he, you know, from the movies I've seen with him, he seems like a cool enough guy. Yeah. I'm sure he'd hang. He, who knows? He may even have a piper. Oh boy, if he's a pipe smoker, I'm telling you, we're we're all done then. Um, I'll be stalking him everywhere. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Him black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the so the pipe is really kind of it's more of a meditative thing for you to to completely detach and unwind and and zone out. Yeah, and I even. Um, a friend of mine told me he always wanted a pipe. So I went online and I just bought him a, a Calabash pipe and he, I taught him how to pack it and gave him some, some of my own tobacco. And he was telling me how he just felt relaxed after doing it. And I thought maybe I turned somebody else on and he's been smoking every now and then from my understanding. So. Remember as Rick Newcomb says, you know, pipe smokers live longer. Uh, and there's actual science that proves it. So, really, uh, that was unaware of. Yeah, uh, lower blood pressure, uh, lower uh, lower rates of suicide, and uh, lower stress levels were found amongst pipe smokers, and they actually live longer than non-pipe smokers, according to the Surgeon General's report of 1964. So, really? Yeah. yeah. So, if your wife complains about you smoking, just feel free to tell her that. Yeah, she'll probably tell me to stop just to get me off the board quicker. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question number seven. You get to ask me one question, anything you want, nothing, uh, no limits. What do you want to know? Um, can it be a two-parter? Sure. All right. So in terms uh, since I am more aromatic, um, at least base, because I have not much experience uh, in in non-aromatics i've only smoked uh two other ones is there any ones that you any i guess traditional tobaccos is the best way to describe it anything that you recommend somebody that may be a little sweeter lighter uh, a great intro and then also when it comes to pipe making is there any major differences performance wise or or um Anything noticeable I would, I would experience from uh, from the actual act of burning the tobacco in a pipe, in like a Savinelli or a Peterson that I wouldn't from like a, just a no-name job? So let me take the second part of it first. Um, you, you mentioned you had a Wessex pipe, and that's going to be of similar quality to a Peterson or a Savinelli. It, it's going to be in that similar... that. To me, it's in that similar level of quality. Um, you know, Wessex is made, I believe, in the uh, Chacombe factory in St. Claude. Very similar manufacturing processes to what Savinelli and Peterson do, you know, where there's large assemblies of bowls and then stems are put on and stems are finished to meet up to that individual pipe a little bit. So you're going to get a lot of that same quality uh when you're in a Peterson or Savinelli in the, in the bottom level, when you go up a level or two in the price range of Savinelli or Peterson, then you start getting into what I would think they would hold some of the, uh, hold some of the better looking briar for. Okay. And when you get a better piece of briar, you're going to take more care of it. So it might get a little bit more hand finished, a little bit better aesthetics to it, but internally it should be almost identical. Um, for you enjoying aromatics and enjoying and, and using a filter, that's going to limit that, that price range that you move up out of, because there's not a lot of filter pipes that go beyond, you know, a, 
that eighty months or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that Peterson Savinelli kind of level. Uh, I know Savinelli's nine uh, six millimeter balsa system is a really effective filtering system that doesn't really limit the smoke that much, but it takes the moisture out of it. And that's what I'm really uh, looking for. That's why I like the filters mm-hmm. because it seems like it, it just it's it's hotter, yeah. you know, without it. Yeah. Um, and then I get the the bite, which yeah, I'm experiencing it now. But again, I smoke cigars as well, mm-hmm. so I guess. Yeah, and remember when you're when, when you're smoking your pipe, you're allowed to let it sit down and go out. It's perfectly fine. Oh, okay. yeah, not like with a cigar. When the minute you light it, you got to keep it lit and going the whole time. So that that will help with some of that tongue bite. The first okay. the first part of your question with kind of like a is there a tobacco that you should transition into? That's a you know a moving out of an aromatic into a Virginia or into an English. Yeah. There's a handful of them, but if you're really happy and enjoying what you're doing and you enjoy the taste and the experience of the tobaccos that you have, why, you know, every, everybody else in the world is saying, you know, if all, if all the guests on this show are saying, Oh, you have to smoke, you know, 20 year old aged Virginias and uh, 30 year old aged Syrian Latakia English blends that were transported on a donkey by, you know, somebody from, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that is the, that is a very minority opinion of the majority of pipe smokers, which most of most pipe smokers like just a good aromatic tobacco in a, in their pipe. Okay. Um, you know, so don't feel like you've got to get pushed that way. Now I'll confuse it even further. So if you wanted to go and try and say like a um, uh, a good kind of transition might be a uh, McBaron mixture blend, which is a very lightly aromatic Virginia based uh, blend. Okay. Or you could move into one of the. Uh, you know, one of the Virginia flakes that Cornell and deal does. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of them that are lightly sweet. I think uh, GLPs has a Virginia cream, which is a very light cased Virginia tobacco. When you, this is where I think the upgrading in the pipe really starts to accelerate. Uh, okay. And, and I'll kind of use it cause I know you're in the, you're, you're in the construction and home business. Uh, you know, a bathroom's a bathroom, but when you take the basic bathroom and you start installing tile floor showers and tile, you know, hand tiled showers instead of those snap in plastic showers, uh, they all do the same thing. One just lasts longer and one is easier to maintain. And one is just a preference or anything. And one is a preference. I can tell you that when you start getting into the Virginias and some of the and some of the English blends, then the next level of pipes will really start to benefit because then you start with the precise engineering and the precise aging of the briar and the perci- you know the precision and it starts to bring out all those little extra nuances and it doesn't fight the tobacco at all. So you know, really, really where you are right now with what you're doing, I think you're doing great and I think you're enjoying it and that's fine and dandy and, you know, live long and prosper, um, as Spock would say. Uh, but if you want to go to the next level, sure. You know, try the next level. Uh, maybe try a straight pipe and use a pipe cleaner during the pipe to keep the moisture out of it and, okay. and a straight non-filtered pipe because you know, really what you're doing with the filter is uh, the filter's grabbing the moisture, but it's also creating a little extra pull on the on the smoke. So you're having to pull harder to get more smoke, which is then causing the bowl to heat up more. Oh. So okay. your, your filter is helping, but it's also hindering. So it's uh, a two-way street. Yeah, yeah, and and you've got young kids, and you know we all start off with training wheels on, but then eventually we want to get the training wheels off the bike. Yep. Yeah, and you want to get to the full two wheel, and then next thing you know, the kids want a motor on that darn thing, and you know they're screaming it's down the road. Or just hit some jumps, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a lot easier to jump without training wheels on. So I hope that answers 
kind of a long-winded version of what I think your question was? Yeah, it, it really does because um, not having many people that I can talk to, uh, I, I don't have any – I've got a ton of questions I don't know where to ask. Yeah, and that's what sometimes you can go on the forums and try to type it out and ask it, and then you got to <laughs> – uh, I shouldn't badmouth the forums, but uh, you get all kinds of bizarre answers that really don't help. <laughs> yeah, and that's one thing that I've noticed is um, that I can't get a straight answer. <laughs> yeah. My straight answer is do what you like, and if you like it and it satisfies you, just keep doing it. Excellent. How's that? All right, well, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Let's rock it. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe is the pipe my wife gave me. The original. It made made in China, nine millimeter filter, um, bent, and it's actually not working right now. So I got to figure that out. Um, I got to put it back together, but that's absolutely my favorite pipe. And what is your favorite tobacco? It's a blend that I bought at a massive discount from, uh, the, the tinderbox it's something sunset and something else i don't know but there's something about that when i puff on it it just hits the olfactory sense it, it, it just sends me through the moon love the flavor never burned hot it's sweet smoky figgy raisiny and it's just it's perfect and what is your favorite drink uh with a pipe it's rum but as a general statement i'm a whiskey on the rocks guy Ooh, try the whiskey on the rocks with an english blend um, yeah. and I don't like whiskey or English blends, so don't take my recommendation. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Music. And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory in your, uh, in your short time? My favorite pipe smoking memory is, um, I, I bought my friend a pipe and him and I were having it on my back, back porch together. And he's unfortunately moved moved away from Georgia, so I'm not going to get to see him. But that was probably my favorite memory so far. Zoom is free, and you can do it on Zoom. That's true. Uh, one last suggestion for you with the pipe your wife got you. Just get it lightly cleaned up, put it in a case, and sit it somewhere where you can look at it. Don't worry about trying to fix it up. If it's a Chinese-made, just, rem- just have it as a memory keepsake and don't actually smoke it because you're into much better pipes already. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Buchek, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Brian. And we'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you again to Rob for joining me, and uh, thank you for being uh, <laughs> thank you for being an aromatic smoker and somebody who enjoys using filters and, and enjoying that. Also, I love the birds in the background. Uh, it was a nice spring day when we recorded, and I could hear the birds in the background, and that was just making me happy. I don't think it was so springy here when I was recording. I think it was more uh, gloomy. Anyway, all right, for music. So uh, Nathan wrote in a couple weeks back. Uh, no apologies for playing all the Harry Connick Jr. He's one of the few wonderfully naturally talented musical artists remaining. And then he also pointed me towards a guy named Wes Montgomery, who I wasn't familiar with. And, he, and uh, Nathan says uh, Wes was a monumental figure of 50s and 60s jazz guitar. Uh, songs like Far West or his rendition of Caravan would be great to hear. 
So thank you, Nathan. I went down a rabbit hole of West Montgomery for a couple hours over the uh, over the weekend here. And uh, yeah, you're right. This is some great jazz guitar. Has absolutely nothing to do with pipe smoking whatsoever, but uh, here is West Montgomery playing Caravan. I even watched some videos of uh, Wes playing, and man, that is some guitar playing. You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. Mailbag comments or questions, you can email them to me directly, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Pipes Magazine, or you can go to Facebook or Instagram, screw Twitter bunch of angry people there uh and uh, tim corner writes loved your show this week young smokers give us hope for the future of the hobby myself enjoying saint bruno flake this evening in virginia yeah i uh, hung out on one or two of their uh, zoom things with the uh, fredericksburg pipe society uh, and then let's see also uh, kyle weiss Kyle writes, this is great i love the newer pipe smoking crowd and the vibe they bring to today yeah, so Kyle liked that. And uh, Dino says, Brian, what a great idea. Getting the reaction to and viewpoint of the pipe community from someone other than us old farts. <laughs> now, I'll warn you, uh, these are novice pipe smokers that have been at it for you know two to five years. So they're not all young. Uh, they're not all young people. Yeah, some of them are middle-aged. Some of them are uh, retirees. Yeah, it's, a, it's a whole wide range, but they're all new to pipe smoking. Uh, and then Dino says uh, Declan was refreshingly erudite for such a young guy and was a very entertaining and interesting guest. He seems focused, determined, and open to new adventures. Bravo, Declan. Uh, the wonderfully idiosyncratic version of The Sorcerer's Apprentice by Alan Parsons was an absolute delight. Being a fan of Parsons' earlier work, this new arrangement was clever and inventive. It may be getting redundant for me to say, but I was totally entertained this evening. Thanks, Dino. Now, I never get tired of entertaining you, Dino, so uh, as long as you're totally entertained, I'm happy. And now that you got a haircut. 
Uh, and New Broom says, uh, welcome to the ever so enabling pipe community. This forum is where we come to express the anxieties derived from the hobby that purportedly leads to relaxed, con contemplative enjoyment of an increasingly controlled emphasis on troll substance. Please pass the salt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've seen people at pipe shows that are so stressed out over which pipe to buy or, you know, trying to find the pipe that they're looking for. And then they've lost the, they remember the pipe that they saw, but they can't find, they get so stressed out. Yeah. It's a relaxation hobby, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, Casey ghost says this was a very surprising show. I was prepared to write a scathing review and yet the young man was a pleasure to listen to. His journey into pipes began on uh, familiar notes as the tobacconist started him on the whirlwind of aromatics, but the young man was smart enough to try other things and in a year became a reasonably passable pipe smoker. And his love of Costello pipes so young is just amazing. I, for one, have always thought that Costello makes the finest factory pipe in the world. If this is an example of the young people you have lined up, then I can say bring them on. Yeah, well, there's some more young people. And, uh, you know, every pipe smoker has got a story. Uh, Spike says, uh, Brian, great interview with an interesting young man. I'm glad I looked at his picture because I love the Richard Nixon t-shirt. I suspect he wears it in mockery of Nixon. I'm a longtime admirer of our 37th president. And if Declan tires of the shirt, I'll take it off his hands and wear it proudly. I could start a riot in my neighborhood, which is occupied Northern Virginia. <laughs> That's been occupied before. Uh, and then finally over on iTunes. Yes, iTunes ratings and reviews. We love them. Uh, outstanding five stars by uh, Jacobus Peregrinus, which is a great name. I have no idea what it means, but it's probably something. And anyway, he writes uh, insightful, witty, and humorous. It doesn't get any better than this for a pipe smoker. Thank you very much. And then uh, Tor from Spokane, which is spelled Spokane. Uh, yeah, I know it's Spokane. Uh, right, seven questions is a great segment. Uh, the seven questions for seven experts has been a great segment for uh, to follow and tune into. Really enjoyed the episode on Rich Esserman and his Magnum Pipe Collection. Uh, music choices have been great. Thanks for a good show. You are welcome. And remember, if you really want to help us out, go over to iTunes or Apple Podcast or whatever the heck they're calling it this week and leave us a rating and a review. That would absolutely be wonderful. Via email from uh, Charlie, he writes, Brian, I listened to the most recent shows earlier today. When you interviewed a young pipe smoker from overseas, he stated that Handsome Flake is not available in the States. I have four tins coming my way. It is sold in the States and is in stock. And it's a Samuel Gawith Handsome, H-A-N-S-O-M Flake. Uh, and apparently, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's here. Probably just not that popular. Uh, and then final comment regarding last week's rant. I have a uh, email here from a guy named Kelvin Goldbug. Um, Cliven Godbeggar. Oh, Kevin Godby. Sorry. Yeah, that there it is. Uh, he says, regarding last week's rant about uh, link request emails that are stupid and irrelevant, I couldn't help but laugh. Yes, they are totally annoying and stupid, and it's sometimes even tempting to reply back hurling obscenity at them. However, this is a waste of time, as these are all automated emails. They have bots searching for keywords on websites, and they also search for any email address that matches to the site. No actual person sent this email or even read the page they are referring to. I have an email filter that sends them straight to junk. They try to trick you into reading them by putting a subject line like a question about advertising on your site, but they just want a link to help their site rank better in Google. Uh, if they are using these types of automated email bots, then their site is likely crap and doesn't rank and never will. It's just a bunch of lazy, stupid people, spammer and scammers. The internet is full of them. Uh, regards, Kevin God B. Oh, that's who that is. Okay. Yeah, and I thought that that was a real person that actually knew my name and everything. Darn it. And I probably am not the, you know, the great nephew of a Nigerian prince either. Um, still waiting on, uh, on the JDRF auction items, waiting for uh, Steve Fallon to get his uh, latest hurdle cleared, which uh, 
sounds like he might have a uh, a uh, window coming up where you know that that hurdle will be uh, will be cleared. If you happen to have anything that you would like to donate, I'm still sitting on a whole bunch of good stuff looking over here, including a really beautiful Costello pipe. Uh, Ed Graves at Dark Fired Leather sent a couple of really cool bags, um, one of which I've fondled a lot. Uh, lots of tobacco, so just let me know. Also, I am uh, taking suggestions for guests. So if you have a guest that you'd like to hear from, please email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, and I'll get some stuff scheduled. Uh, for all of you folks that are novices that are waiting to hear back from me, I will get caught up on emails, I promise, in the next day or so. I absolutely promise I will sit in front of the computer and handle those emails. All right, in just a moment, rant time. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Cowboy. Cowboy. All right, I must admit, I'm getting older, and I like a certain amount of routine. And I and I don't want to call it um, purely routine. It's not like I have to have the same meal every day. I don't have to have this, you know, get up at the same time, do the same things every day. But I have to have a certain amount of routine, and I have to have that hour or so in the morning with those two cups of coffee and and uh, waking up in my in my smoking and. I have to have that, and then I also have to have that little hour at the end of the day to wind down from it. Uh, but what I really, really, really don't like, and this is where I don't mind a break in my routine, because when I travel, that's obviously a break in the routine. But what I don't like is when your travel is under somebody else's organization. When somebody else is planning and somebody else is uh, setting the event and you're just kind of there along for the ride, and then you find out about things and drips and drabs and shrivels and little bits and you find out that oh this is going on over there and you got to change that and change this and you got to go over this way and that way i'm not saying anything specific so don't read into anything that might be family related uh, but i am saying that you know there were years where i planned and set up professional trade show events and set a schedule and set an itinerary for other salespeople, other booth staff I set an itinerary for uh, an entire trade show. I understand how to set an itinerary and how to update an itinerary and distribute it. And when you're dealing with 30 or 40 people at a time, you might want to put everything in one email and send it out once instead of a little bit of information over here, a little bit of information over there, a little bit of information over this way and that way. No, you might want to put it in one solid email and then if there's any changes to it, Highlight those changes in red. I'm just suggesting because that's, you know, look, I only did that for, you know, 12, 15, 17 years, traveled to trade shows and organized other people and appointments and schedules and dinners and all that stuff. I'm just saying I might know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying that sometimes family doesn't listen. Oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. Anyway, I do enjoy the routine of my morning and uh, evenings and uh, enjoy the routine of my pipe and the routine of doing this show. So <laughs> we'll keep that routine going for a long time. All right. Uh, comments, questions, email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. Remember, tobacco is never going to be cheaper and never going to be more readily available than it is now. So stock up on what you can. Uh, thank you to Rob for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Happy trails to you. Keep smiling until then. Who?
about the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Stop that! Ew, that's not right. Are you done? Huh? Do you have an issue with me? Huh? Do you have an issue with me? Because if I if I have a problem with somebody, I don't pee on them. Okay? 